A new year is finally here. 2020, this is it, guys. Time to fulfill those New Year's resolutions. So what's yours? Well, mine is getting organized. So whether it may be that you've got a side hustle or you're a full-time entrepreneur, you're going to need a way to keep everything organized with your contracts. Enter QuickTrack. My friends at QuickTrack have the best way for you to create and sign a contract all from your mobile device. It's that easy. And you could do it all in 60 seconds. You don't have to worry about all the silly legal lingo. You don't have to understand any of that stuff. Plus, you can get it done, sent out to the other person, and get paid all within the app. So whichever side of the contract you might be on, you're going to love QuickTrack. Go download the free QuickTrack app today from the App Store. QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. There are moments when it's important to put your blinders on and to focus solely on your race and not look right or left and pay attention to what anyone else is doing. I think that's most all moments. However, there are times when we need to take the blinders off as well because there are things that are living right in front of us that we sometimes aren't seeing and there are different paths and different avenues and sometimes we're just standing in front of a door and like keep banging on that door banging on that door banging on that door hoping for it to open and you know there are definitely instances where it takes a matter of being consistent and persistent on that same door and eventually it does open but however you have to stop and ask yourself like is there a reason why this door is not opening is there a reason why this is just not working out Well, I hope you guys had as great a weekend as I did, and I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest because she's going to start our week off right. Victoria Brown is an incredible human being. She is an Under Armour athlete and a Soul Cycle instructor who has an incredible presence on social media. Just the motivation that she brings to you every single day, um, whether you need it or not, is awesome. I mean, I wish that I was out on the East Coast so I could just take her classes all the time and get a little dose of Victoria when I need to. But she's got so many ventures coming up, so many ambitions. Like, this is just the beginning for this woman. She is just an amazing example for all women out there, meaning we can really set our minds to do anything. So she's going to take us through her journey of being the young girl, going out to LA, trying to make it, finding Soul Cycle, and then all of a sudden becoming an Under Armour athlete and being in the room with Olympians and pro legends and people that you could just never imagine being equated with. All right, here's Victoria. Well, hey, Victoria, so great to have you on the show today. I've been following your Instagram, so it's so fun to finally be able to talk to you in person. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so first off, I know that this weekend, gosh, was it even last weekend? I'm My timeline is so messed up. Um, been so busy, been so overwhelmed. You were in Baltimore for the Under Armour conference or whatever it was. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing down there? Yes. So I was at the annual Under Armour Human Performance Summit, and I actually went last year as well in Portland, Oregon. So I'm an Under Armour athlete, and they brought us out for a whole week to kind of see how they train, you know, their elite athletes. Um, I got to meet Michael Phelps was there and Lindsey Vaughn and Natasha Hastings and, you know, some of their biggest athletes, Jordan Spieth. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, and so we got to learn all about the clothes and the performance wear and, you know, just how, all the thoughts that really goes into making their clothes and their shoes. So it was, it was really a cool week and lots of workouts on top of that. Well, yeah. And just to be in the room with that caliber of an athlete, those kinds of people is just insane. Yeah, it was a really, it's such an inspiring thing that they do. Um, and it's so nice to have bring everyone together like that, especially in the beginning of the year. 
to kind of remind us why we do what we do. And, you know, I'm a full-time athlete. I work out for a living. So, you know, it's just, it's so great to be connected in that, in that sense with that space and with those kind of people. So, Mm -hmm. and they gave you some really cool stuff before you got down there. I remember seeing your box opening the really cool merch that you got. Um, I mean, Under Armour is just an awesome brand in the first place, but um, what do you love so much about Under Armour that makes you want to represent their brand? So, oh my gosh, I could answer this question all day, but honestly, they're, one of their slogans is Under Armour makes you better. Okay. And, you know, I've toured the factory. I've seen like all of their innovation. I've seen like the blood, sweat, tears that they put into creating things, right? Mm-hmm. And especially the brand new bra that just came out, the Infinity Bra, and the technology that's behind what they're creating. And so, the reason I love the brand so much is because they have a holistic view when it comes to sport, right? So they're not just making clothing, right? They're making clothing that works with your body to make you better, that, that has minerals infused into the fabric so that we actually like get to recover at the same time that we're working out, which is like, they're just, the way that they innovate is me and so I'm a big fan of the brand for that reason I'm also a huge fan of the brand because and I love being with them because I think you know one of the biggest trends that I saw over the time that I was there and the time that I've been you know with them is that they choose their athletes and the people on their team it's almost like they have a knack for choosing you know like the underdog sort of oh I love that Right. Me too. I get so fired up about an underdog and, you know, they pick, you know, they pick people like Steph Curry and like, you know, these people that like, you know, they sign them before they become huge, these mega, mega stars. And so they had just like this knack and it's like a family there. The way that they run their business is very family oriented. Uh, so I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and I also love, I mean, side note, what you said about the bra, because being an athlete, like when you're working out and when you're not comfortable, I hate so many times, like this is not to dig on Nike. Like I love Nike stuff, but their bras so many times can be so uncomfortable. So many sports bras are so uncomfortable. And then your workout just is just not as good because you're thinking about what you're wearing and it's just, you feel restricted. So that's a huge part of it. I mean, it's kind of silly to think about that the outside factors really play into what's going on, you know, in internally. Right, completely. And, you know, it just feels to me in such a major way that other brands put fashion before performance. Yeah. Where it's the opposite at Under Armour. They put Mm -hmm. performance first. Mm -hmm. And now what's really, really awesome is that you know, I think years ago, you might have said that Under Armour's fashion was like way behind the trend, but I don't think that's the case today. Oh, yeah. And so I think you know, their competitors and everyone else kind of better watch out because now the performance was always unmatched, in my opinion, and it still is. But now also they've got, you know, awesome fashion. Like, I mean, the shoes are amazing. Everything just looks good and feels good. Yeah. Well, and like, that's, I feel like how they burst on the scene was the performance factor. I mean, that's what they are known for specifically. So do you feel like, yeah, exactly. Do you feel like that's how they find their athletes too, is that they mirror, you know, kind of what they're doing with their performance factor and putting the performance instead of the, like the athlete, I don't, I don't want to say like, I don't. I, I keep thinking of a, like a glow, but like social media. You know what? What you put out there as um, the outside instead highlight of like reel. what's exactly the highlight reel. Like what you think, you know, an athlete should look like instead of what an athlete is and what an athlete works out like. Is that how they pick their athletes? I mean, I think so. I think you know we've got people of you know every size and every race and you know just the one thing that I see in common with every athlete from the micro to the macro level is just that the people that they choose seem to have a whole lot of heart, um, Mm -hmm. in the people that I've surrounded myself with and that I've gotten, you know, been fortunate enough to meet. It's just a lot of heart and a lot of grit, um, is what I see. And so, you know, I think it's like the story of what the brand, you know, the foundation of the brand itself, you know, Kevin Plank, you know, started it this in like the basement of, you know, uh, um, his parents, I believe it was his parents place in Georgetown. And he was selling yeah. these t-shirts out of the trunk of his car, yeah. you know? Wow. Oh man. So, like, that's cool. Totally. Every good story starts in a basement or a trunk of the car. Right. Like, right. 
Or both. <laughs> exactly. Or both. Exactly. The extra yeah. good stories. Oh my gosh. So how did they find you specifically? So um, my story is that I was teaching a soul cycle class mm -hmm. and I had, this was before I was even a senior instructor at the time. Um, I'd been teaching for a long time. And so I had built quite a great, you know, large community when I was teaching Los Angeles and then in Washington, DC. But so I was teaching a class. It was a normal, I think it was a Monday or a Wednesday, 5.30 PM class. And I just taught my regular class. And then mm -hmm. afterwards there was like, I don't know, like five women who came up to me maybe four, I don't know. And they're like, Hey, we're so-and-so blah, blah, blah with Under Armour. And I was like, hi, <laughs> so nice to meet you. And I didn't really know like what that meant or right. why they were there. And at the time I was like, Oh my God, was that class even good? Like, I don't even know. Like, you know, you start to question yourself and you're like, yeah, I don't know what they were here for, but I hope that I just taught like an amazing class. Right. And, and, uh, so I remember then they got in contact with me and then invited me to come for a campus tour. And so I went on campus and they like really like hardcore rolled out the red carpet for me, which was like, I don't know. It was, it was really cool because like, uh -huh. I always felt like I saw my, I mean, I've been an athlete all of my life yeah. and it was always a big dream to be a sponsored athlete. Of course, I think anybody who works out professionally for a living, like dreams of that. But you know, for me, I mean, I really, I guess, I feel like that underdog, right? Because in the sphere of things, like I don't have a million Instagram followers. I've got somewhere below, you know, right just below 30K. And, you know, I don't know. They just, it felt like they chose me because of the things that I write in my captions and the things that I say in my classes. And I remember when I sat down to meet with them, they were like, we love that you post about your grandma all the time. And we love that you post about your family. And we love how you connect with the people that follow mm -hmm. you. And I was like, oh, wow. They like actually see me. Yeah, they and know you. Yeah, later I found out that, you know, uh, at the time, my like immediate boss, uh, Caitlin, she's uh, no longer with Under Armour. She moved on to uh, Red Bull, but she was with them for like, I mean, like a long time. Like, I think I want to say it was like 12 years, but I'm totally making that number up. Maybe yeah, it was eight. Yeah. It was a long time. Anyways, uh, so she's the one who like personally kind of handpicked me. And she said, she was like, I paid attention. I got there early and saw how you were talking to people, your writers before class and how you talked to them after class and like how you like offered to help people and like, you know, get them shoes and water, which is like totally not in my job description at all. Yeah. And I had no idea anybody was watching me. I was just doing the things that I do anyways. Yeah. Um, so just knowing that they kind of took the time to not look at what I was doing on social necessarily that would, they just looked at me as a person and as an individual outside of what I can do athletically, mm -hmm. which is so cool to me. Oh my gosh, totally. I love that. That is so, I feel like the mission that you want to be aligned with. And for me, like when I found you on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's so cool because that that's what I see in you. And um, I think it's amazing when brands can go beyond, you know, the money, the fame, the like highlight reel of social media. Um, and because we get so caught up in that when, you know, a major million dollar athlete is endorsing a product, is endorsing, you know, even an Under Armour product, um, you know, we start to think, oh, you know, that's all they want. But no, like so many times there are these companies that are, are in it for the humans that, you know, have a, have a good mission. Right. You know, I listened to the interview that they did with Jordan Spieth and mm -hmm. he's, you know, won the Masters and all types of things. And, you know, he was saying how when they signed him on that, you know, I think he went on to then lose a bunch and he was like, oh, man, I think they might drop me. I don't know if they want me anymore. But they did it. And they, like, right. still wanted to have him on the team. And, like, and then it was, like, and then they they believed and invested in his greatness. And then he went on, you know, to be the incredible golfer that he is today. And so, like, I just, like, I don't know. I just am so inspired by that. And, like, truly when they say Under Armour makes you better, being a part of that team and knowing how they invest in their athletes and how they care for people makes me feel like, yeah, that's making me better because I want to wake up and I want to hustle hard and I want to like do more for the brand because they see me. It's not like, you know, we like you, we want to know what you can do for us. And we like you in basketball season when you're a basketball athlete. Right. And we like you during, you know, this season, football season when it's, you know, it's like, they, I remember one of the coolest things, and this is like totally going off on a tangent. No, go. So 
I remember my grandfather passed away uh, this past year and he was such an incredible man. I remember all of the people that got up and spoke at his funeral and it was like, he worked at a bank, but he also flew airplanes, right? So he would build them in his basement out of nothing and then literally fly them in there in like in there. Really awesome. So he was like somewhat of like a real celebrity, like at yeah. airports and he was written about in like aerospace, like magazines and all types of things. So, but also he worked at a bank and like, also he was just like a man in his, his community. Like he was in like the lions club and all these different things. But so a bunch of people got up to speak and it was just like every type of person got up and all people had such incredible, warm, like amazing things to say about him. And I thought one of the coolest things that someone said was that he was a man of all seasons that you could call him anytime, uh, you know, whether you were doing great or you weren't doing great and he would be there for you and it didn't matter. He was a man of all seasons. And so I guess when I think about that, I think Under Armour kind of treats their athletes like that. Like they're with you through all seasons. Oh my gosh. I love that comparison. That is so, so true. And I feel like you are with, obviously what I can only assume, you are with your writers, your people who go to class all seasons. You are with your followers all seasons. Because what I love about you is that you seem very transparent. And what that I'm trying to convey to my listeners since I've started this podcast is that being transparent is so important. Um, because so often we see in the media, you know, even on social media, I know I've mentioned it a few times, um, we're just not doing that enough. You know, everything's okay. You know, we're putting our highlight reel out there. And I love that you are very honest with everybody. Like, I remember a post, I don't know when this was, I don't know if I was in mid-stalking your feed, but you posted something about wanting to retake a photo, um, you wanted to retake mm-hmm. a staff photo and you're really uncomfortable with retaking a photo. No, 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 no. You were really uncomfortable with not using your old photo or something. It was uh, the cutest story. Oh, I story. know what you're talking about. And you posted an email. It was so funny. I was cracking up because I was like, oh my gosh, I've totally been there where you just, you loved your, your staff photo so much and you didn't want to retake it. Oh my gosh, tell us that story because I thought it was so cool that you posted that on Instagram. Thank you. Um, it was my instructor photo. And so I had shot this photo, uh, probably, I guess it was like five and a half, almost six years old, okay? And I was like so attached to this this photo. And I was like, I will never, you know, look this good again. I'll never be this skinny. I'll never be this young. Like I'll never be like all of these things. And I was just so attached and they kept asking over and over again, like, can you please come in and like reshoot your photo? Like it's super old school looking compared to like all the other ones that we have on the site. And I just would dodge it for years. I dodged it. I was like, oh, I'm out of town. Oh, I can't make it. Oh, I got a meeting. I can't do it. And then, you know, we just sort of do things like when we're, when we're ready. And I was just like, you know what? This is silly this is who I am. And like, if I'm going to like practice what I preach and like talk about all the time, like loving yourself and who you are at every phase of your life and every stage of your life, then like, I am not living in that truth. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, this, it was baby steps. It's baby steps in everything that we do. If you want to make a change, like you start small, right? So for me, this was such a big deal. And like, it's so funny, the things that are big deals. And then you, you think back on it and you're like, that was so silly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I sent them this like frantic email, which I did screenshot and then post on my Instagram. Um, that was sort of like, oh my God, I have so much anxiety surrounding this. Like I will only come in for the photo shoot. If you promise me that if I don't like any of the photos, I don't have to use them. And so SoulCycle is super cool. And they're like, yeah, fine. No worries. Like no pressure at all. You come in, take the shot you like it keep it don't whatever so I get the photos back and I'm like this is so ridiculous these are great like I am a beautiful human being and like and it's awful that we are like afraid to say things like that because we don't want to come off a certain way or like we're afraid of all that things that whatever no you should say out loud I am a beautiful human being because you are and I am and we all are right and so you know then you just like I just like look at these photos side by side and then suddenly I actually like hated the old one. And I was like, that's funny how that happens. But then I was just looking at the new one and I was like, wow, like I know this girl. She's been through a lot and like 
she's done a lot and she's accomplished a lot. And like, she's been through hard things and easy things and things that made her better and stronger. And I was like, I know this girl. And like, this girl is like who I want to be and who I want the world to see. So like, I was just like, I don't know. It was just like this moment where I was like, wow, that's so silly. And I feel so more like powerful in just like choosing to like love who I am and also like share that message. Oh my gosh. I love that. I think it's amazing. My cat apparently loves it too. I see that. He had to come in. (laughs) He had to come in for the story. Oh my gosh. So funny. Um, I know. I think that that is so powerful because so often we are so afraid to just be honest and also to love ourselves. I love that you said that because I I am a beautiful human being. You are a beautiful human being, just like you said. But for some reason, that has become misconstrued with, oh, I'm cocky. You know, I'm obsessed with myself. Why can't we love ourselves? Why can't we learn to, you know, love ourselves without putting other people down? Um, yeah, I just feel like you, you've got such a good head on your shoulders. And I think it's it's great that you went through that, but also posted about it because so many women were probably looking at that post and saying, oh, my gosh, I totally went through the same thing with a work photo or whatever and feeling like they're not alone. Right. And it's just like it was such like a great reminder, too, of how we build up this mountain out of a molehill all of the time in our minds. And we just like it's just like most of the time when you get to the other side of it, it's not nearly as scary as we make up in our minds. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And I think that, well, just in my opinion, and I think that so many people approach fitness the same way, you know, especially if you haven't been working out in a long time. Um, it's a lot scarier in the beginning, you know, just getting started is the hardest part. And then once you're doing it, you know, it's exciting. And then once you get over it, you know, once you get done with a class, it, you, it feels so good. Your body feels good. You're inside your minds, the endorphins, everything's going. Um, right. Do you feel like you approach a class, especially with maybe new new students, um, people that have been in there for a long time? Do you f- feel like you approach a, a class in a similar way? I do. Yeah. You know, I want people to have like a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's so possible to do that within the constraints of a workout. And like, like how lucky are we that like the fitness industry in general has changed so much over the years. Like, you know, your instructor isn't running around the room or you're (laughs) certainly should not be in my opinion, running around the room saying like, you know, get summer body ready or like, you know, shred for the wedding or whatever kind of crazy things that people used to say. Like it's not finally, you know, fitness is not necessarily about your fitting into a certain size jeans. It's about just like mentally and physically just feeling like the best possible version of you in that moment on that day, you know? And like it's incremental changes, but I think overall, like there's just like a powerful movement that's happening in fitness right now where, and like what I certainly strive for anytime I step into that space is just like, can I help someone make today better? Mm -hmm. And like, if we just start to add up and accrue, you know, better days over and over, you know, eventually like our whole entire quality of life changes. And it's something that happens over time, but like, I just should never be the motivation to like lose weight or to look a certain way. Like all of that is just like a byproduct that like can just happen accidentally if you wanted it to by Mm -hmm. just like going into any kind of workout and just saying like, I'm going to do this today because mentally it makes me feel better or I can like draw from whatever, whatever it is that I'm fighting for outside of those four walls and like put it behind like a really difficult push or a run uphill or, you know, lifting something heavy. Uh, you know, I, I just think there's like a lot of power in that. Oh my gosh. I love that. I think that is so powerful. And you just reminded me of, um, well, I guess so many experiences that I've had since I quit NFL cheerleading and since I was working out like a crazy person every day. Um, obviously, now I work out for me and it's at a much more leisurely pace. But, um, you know, it was it was hard for me to find something that like I enjoyed that was, you know, fun, but I still felt like I was, you know, in my own body because my body really, really changed after I retired from dancing. Like it right. just, it was a drastic change for me and it was really freaky. Um, right. And I felt like when I started going to different fitness classes and things that I was trying out, you know, like I had certain 
trainers and teachers who didn't really understand, you know, the things that I was going through and the body that I was used to. Um, but then I had other certain and, and who wanted me to, you know, achieve a certain like thing because that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted all their students to achieve. And then right. I had other teachers and this is because I've moved around a lot. And so then I had other um, coaches who I felt like really understood, you know, it's all about you. It's about what your best is. And like, this is like, cause I, when I was living in Washington and I used to do orange theory and it was like super funny how I would have three different teachers who had all different styles, you know, like one of them was really good about like, you know, your best is your best. I'm, you know, not going to worry about like what your body looks like or whatever. And then one of them would be standing over because I have a super low heart rate just naturally. So my my heart rate barely goes up even when I'm sprinting. (laughs) Like, and that has always been like that. And I remember having one of the coaches just standing there, like, just like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm working over here. Exactly. I'm like, do you not see this? I'm like, I'm about to pass out. And yeah. it's just, it's funny. So I love that you bring that up because um, it is seriously so individual. And I'm glad that we're getting to a place with that. I mean, I, um, since moving back to California, again, I'm on that next journey of trying to figure out what my next fitness routine is. You know, like I moved back in with my parents, which has been at first I was like, oh, great, this is going to be the worst thing ever. But it ended up being the best thing ever for me because I was able to turn my childhood playroom into my podcasting studio. Exactly. So and then like it worked out because then my parents were turning in to turning in one of their extra rooms into a gym. So, you know, can use that. But I was working with this trainer because I was like, gosh, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I just need to get a personal trainer. I, I don't want to go to class anymore. I just need a personal trainer. So I start training with this guy who um, a lot of people had recommended. And I went to him for quite a few months. And last month, um, I stopped working out with him. But because this one thing happened, well, I had seen many of times he would constantly make comments about other women that he was training and stand next to me and talk about like, oh, I need to shed, you know, 30 pounds off of her. Like she, she's a beautiful woman, but I need oh, to shed no, 30 no. pounds off her. Like oh, talking no. to me about that. And I'm like, okay, first of all, she looks perfect just how she is. And she is here yeah. like working her ass off. And also, you don't need, you can think that inside, but don't tell me that like your other client. Right. But then, of course, you're thinking, like, well, what are you saying about me when I'm not around? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, 100%. And um, and then it got even worse because the last time I worked out with him, um, which this is exactly why, you know, he was talking about the culture of sports and how it's changed a lot. Oh, I listened to you say this. You listened to this rant. Yeah. And I, when I heard it, I was fired up. I think it's why I reached out to you because I was like, anyways, if you want to tell the story quick for whoever's I, yeah, listening, say, who might I, not know. I feel like, yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, I should just tell, tell it. Yeah, again, so girl, tell you it know again. it. Yeah. So um, there were only four people in the gym at the time. And it obviously it was only other guys. It was only guys because I feel like a woman would have come up and stood up for me. But um, yeah, so he's talking about how the culture of sports has changed over the years. And then he prefaces it with, and no offense, Bridget, but I effing full-on F-bomb, I effing hate female sports analysts. They have no idea what they're talking about. And then goes on this whole rant about why women should not be in sports. And so I'm just thinking, here I am in sports media. Here I am thinking I'm an athlete who is not at the same level that I've been at. And I'm like, do you judge me every time I come in here and I'm not as strong as I used to be and I'm in here lifting and and needing help to get back to the same kind of body that also, I like? are the words and the thoughts that you have not as important as, exactly. as your male counterpart? Exactly. So that's what I said. And, and he, he goes on this rant and I'm like, well... He said, oh, I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. And I was like, oh, oh, you didn't hurt my feelings. You just offended every single woman out there and basically said that women don't belong in sports and that women can't do anything that men can do. And so to me, it was just like, it just reminded me that within anything that we're doing, but especially fitness, for some reason, guys, I feel like have this like macho think complex not all of them of course but there are some guys that still have this yes this like old school macho complex of you know 
I'm here to train the little women and, you know, make them sk- make them little and get them beach sexy women, uh, wedding ready, whatever. And it was like, that just related to obviously what I do. And I was just like, okay, screw you. I'm never working out with you again. And yeah. And I went on that whole rant on, on um, Instagram if you want to go see it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that, that I just went on a whole little tangent there, but I think that um, you've probably encountered a lot of people in your industry who treat you in a similar way. Yeah. You know, it's. So have you got started on your New Year's resolution yet? Well, I've already been able to fulfill mine. For me, it was getting organized. So as much as my room's not clean yet, my phone, I'm getting digitally there. Plus, I'm using QuickTrack. Like I told you at the beginning of this episode, this app has saved my life. It's a free download. You can create and sign a contract all within your cell phone. It's so easy. Basically, the app tells you how to write a contract. You feel like a badass lawyer right when you're doing it. Go do it right now. You won't regret it, whether you are a businessman, businesswoman, or just somebody who needs to hire a babysitter and make sure that everything's okay. Go download the QuickTrack app today from the App Store for free. QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. Now, back to the show. It's it's awful. <laughs> uh just dealing with and and it's like it's like it's small opinions too it's like it's small things just like how you look at it like and when people walk into a room and how they'll make eye contact with the man more or you know what i mean like i don't know it's it's a it's a terrible thing i can't think of any specific story at this current moment i feel like about it but i mean i just am saddened overall um by the lack of representation and people's old school opinions I feel like mm-hmm. that just you know we're definitely making a lot of progress but it's totally. just really and it, it makes my heart sad honestly it's just like the way that I kind of would would uh put it overall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah I think you're so right that we are making huge strides but that's why it's so funny to me is I'm like well we're making such progress so then when I hear stuff like that I'm just like what really these people st- still exist like where, what era are you from seriously like, i'm like okay go back to the 1950s all right so what did you say to him did you i mean i i love what you said about where he said i didn't hurt did i, I didn't hurt your feelings did i yeah like, and oh, that's a God. seriously no, i was like did it like i was like no you just completely offended every single woman i basically said that and he tried to touch me, like, touch me, like, oh, there, there. And I, I went like this oh, yeah, and no, pulled no. away from him. And he was like, oh, oh, like, like, as if I was the crazy one. It was so hilarious because it was one of those moments where it was like he was acting like I was like the crazy woman, you know, um, it was it was honestly so funny. <laughs> Another like stigma. Right. And totally. so then we have to like be mindful of yeah. how we respond and how we react, because like, yes, you're fuming and yes, you're angry. But if you go, you know, flipping benches in the gym and throwing dumbbells the way that a man may, might react yep. if they were offended, God forbid, then you're a crazy, crazy woman. Totally. Yeah, exactly. I can only imagine. Totally. So Did you just I, not yeah. call him back. No. So I finished the workout and then I sent him a text afterwards. Basically, I think it was like either that night or the next day. I sent him a text basically saying like, hey, you know, thank you so much for training me the last few months, but um, I will not be continuing with you anymore. I hope that future clients are treated with more respect than I was in the gym and that um. I, I, I just said something like the same respect. I kept saying, repeating like respect, 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 just because that that was the whole issue is like, I just felt like I wasn't respected. And um, right. And you felt like you can't go back to that gym anymore. Exactly. No, no, no. It's a private gym. So it's only. Yeah. So totally. So no. So it worked out. It was fine. But and then the holidays happened. I was out of town for a week. So it was fine. But it was so funny because I'm just like, seriously, there are still people out there like this. Like there are some times where I feel so welcomed in certain environments and um you know, really awesome. And I feel so just like proud of myself. And, um, and I, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it just, it just makes me feel like empowered. And then b- by certain men who are really making progress in, you know, the athlete world, and then just some people who just still have no idea, you know, what they're right. doing. So 
It's like, totally. but I'm sure, do you ever feel that way when you have, um, or do you ever see like female instructors who have to deal with weird kind of um, relationships with male students? Does that ever come into play? I mean, I, for the first well, probably almost like five full years of ever since I moved to New York, it's, it's been different. And I will explain yeah. why, but for the first, I think five years of teaching, I only taught with a shirt on. I never worked out with just a sports bra and, uh, yeah. you know, leggings. And if I'm riding in someone else's class or I'm working out and I get hot, like I have no problem being like in my sports bra and leggings, but for the first five years, I refused to work out shirtless because, yeah. or teach rather, right? because I really, really wanted people to, I wanted to be known and I wanted to be valued for the words that I had to say and the message that I was delivering mm-hmm. and not for my body. Yeah. And so I didn't want to gain any kind of popularity at all because of the way that I looked, looked. I really, and like, and that was really important to me. So I've since changed that a little bit because clothing has changed yeah. in the last, like five years. Yeah. So now, you know, I feel comfortable in, you know, they, they make SoulCycle make, I'm allowed to wear SoulCycle clothes as well as Under Armour and they okay. both make clothing that is like bras that are very com- like uh, covering, if you right. will. Right. Um, yeah. And then sets that like, you know, are very high waisted. and Totally. Yeah. yeah. There's really not a lot of skin that yeah. shows there. Yeah. Um, and so now, especially because I moved to New York, in the middle of the summer and it is, I've never experienced heat like New York city heat in the summertime, never. And so I was just so freaking hot. I was like, I literally cannot even wear a shirt. Like I'm dying. But yeah, that was something that for the first five years of my career, like I was just like, I'm going to only wear a shirt and it's hot sometimes and it's uncomfortable. But I was like, this is just like who I am. And I want, you know, women to ride with me and feel comfortable bringing their husbands to my class and, you know, people of all ages. And I wanted that comfortability, but you know, it sucks as a female that we have to consider that at all. You know, it just sucks. Like most people don't, you know, men don't have to think about what they're wearing and how people are going to perceive them based on what they're wearing and how people are going to give them the respect that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was, like a choice that I had, I felt like I had to make in order to be given the respect that I felt like I deserved. I didn't want to come across as some like, you know, bimbo girl that, you know, just wants you to look at her body. And like, while that wouldn't have been the case, if I was wearing a sports bra and leggings, I was afraid that that's what I would be perceived as. So Mm -hmm. that was like a measure that I took to make sure that I wasn't perceived that way. And that's, sucks. No, it, it it totally does. I'm so with you there. I mean, at this last gym I was at, all of the women, because I live in Orange County and I just feel like, you know, everyone here, as, as much as I, I'm from here, I love it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Um, But so many people here, you know, the women, a, a lot of times out here, there are so many women who, of course it gets hot out here too, but um, who are beautiful and want to show off their beautiful bodies. And I'm in the gym with all of these women who are in the teeny tiny sports bras and um, teeny booty shorts. Like, and I'm talking like, you know, the teeny, teeny stuff. And I'm just like, how are you, like, you're lifting a weight, like a nipple's about to pop out or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm in like a baggy t-shirt or, and like, you know, and like long leggings because exactly what you said, I felt uncomfortable with around all these men. Um, I didn't want to be perceived that way, especially coming from the world of NFL cheerleading, where right. for so long I had been looked at for my body right. and having to wear such small clothing. Um, and p- when people know, you know, I walk in like knowing that I'm a cheerleader and, and knowing of my background, like I want people to look at me differently. So I totally get it. And I applaud you because you shouldn't have to conform to you know, whatever is going on. But I also just, like, want to punch anybody that looks at me. So, I mean, but I feel like it's different in, in like, the, the soul cycle world because you've got less of, like, the, like, meathead guys. Like, it's, I feel like it's got to be, I, I don't know. I could just assume it's, like, less, I don't know, like, less guys standing around just being weird. Like, you probably can't have as much standing around staring. Yeah, I mean... For guys that don't go to SoulCycle, they're missing out on it's a giant yeah. market. 
totally. Like if you're a single yeah. dude, that's, that's where you should, where you be, should be women. Out. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Agree. You know, like, and also if you're a single chick, that's where you should be hanging out. I mean, that's yeah. where I met my boyfriend. <laughs> Shut up. No way. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So did you meet like at a class or was it after multiple times of seeing each other, the same class or? Um, well, he used to take my class all the okay. time actually in DC and okay. I had a crush on him for years. Um, and he would always leave after class. Like he would just leave. <laughs> and I later found out that he had a girlfriend, uh, which would explain why he would leave. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, at a certain point, he like stopped coming to class altogether. And like, it was just like a schoolgirl crush. Like it totally. wasn't anything serious. And then I was teaching in New York and like, I looked over and I was like, it looked like him. And I was like, weird and then like no probably couldn't be and then he like walked up to the podium after class and he was like hey I was like what are you doing here he's like I live here I was like you do he was like yeah and then I guess they broke up because he well they did not I guess I know <laughs> um and then he asked me out to drinks and kind of the rest was history but oh my gosh that is too funny okay so note to all the listeners out there if you are single right now soul cycle is where it is at to meet guys or girls, whatever, whatever your thing is. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So, um, I guess ultimately I just want to know how did you get into soul cycle in the first place? So I moved out to Los Angeles because I wanted to be a TV host on E! News more okay. than at the time. I always say more than I felt like I wanted to breathe air. So uh, I was obsessed with Katie Couric as a kid. And then later on, I was obsessed with uh, Juliana Rancic and I just mm-hmm. wanted to be on E! News so badly. And I've told this story a bunch, but, you know, I guess my story really is that back when I was in college, uh, mm-hmm. I was about to graduate and I met with my guidance counselor at the time. And I was like, okay, I was so excited for this meeting. I couldn't wait. I was like, okay, I know these two things to be true about myself. I'm going to tell you these things. I need your help. She's like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I know that I love public speaking and I know that I want to help people. I was like, how do I make a career out of that? And she sort of just looked at me like, I always say, like, I, you know, like I had 10 heads and she was like, there's the door, kid. Like, it's a big, beautiful, bright world out there. Like, go figure it out. You know, she's like, I can't tell you kind of how to make make a career out of that. Like, you know, that's something that you've got to just get out there and like live and be and do. So long story endless to to that is like, I moved out to LA and then I was like, I'm going to be a TV host. And I was going on auditions all the time and, and it was going well. And I was finding, you know, some success and like, you know, doing that whole audition world is like really will beat you up, chew you up and spit you out. So you've got to have a lot of grit and you really got to like, be just like in it. And you've got to be able to like hear the word no, like in your face all the time. I'm sure you were probably, you know, you understand that too. Um, but anyway, so I was doing that and it was great, but they were doing, they've always done the soul cycle audition training process in New York city. And then they decided to pilot a three week shortened program and they were going to do it in LA. So I was like, and it was going to be held at the studio that I was already working at. Oh, sorry. I worked at the front desk. Okay. Um, okay. Got it. Okay. Well, I missed that part. Yeah. So I was working at the front desk um, at SoulCycle when I like moved out to LA. So I was like spraying shoes, wearing the yellow shirt, like setting people up on bikes and uh, things like that. And it was great because my shift would be at like, fr- it would start at like 5am and then I would be done at like 1130 or yeah. noon, something like that. So then I had the entire day to go on auditions or to prep for auditions or things like that. Um, so it was great. It really worked with my schedule. But then when this audition or this, this opportunity came along to do this shortened program, I was like, well, the wheels started turning in my brain. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I was like, I could probably do this and make more money and still have such a flexible schedule so I could continue to pursue hosting, TV hosting. Mm-hmm. And And then the story for me goes that I got into the program and on my first shot, which is kind of, I guess, in these days, unheard of in the SoulCycle world. Wow. So I got in on my first shot and I I decided the morning of, I was like, I'm going to jump in there. And just like, had I known that I was going to care about it as much as I do now before I went into the audition, I probably would have bombed it. But like, I just didn't really care that much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I then started the training program and I just remember miking up and being like oh my god nothing in my life has ever felt more right than this 
And then it was that full circle moment when I sat down in front of my guidance counselor and I was like, wow, this really is like what I'm meant to be doing. Like yeah. I'm living in my purpose. Like I am public speaking and miking up every single day and bonus, I get to help people. And so it's funny how life works and we think yeah. we want something so, so, so badly all of the time. Like it happens pretty often. I can count many times in my life when I thought I wanted something yeah. so badly. Right. And it didn't yeah. come to happen. It didn't come to fruition. But like, I look at it now and I'm like, I have never really cared what celebrities are doing with their lives. So I would have been living a lie. I would have been waking up every day and talking about that. Let's say I made it to the ultimate goal, which was, you know, I was a host on news. I wouldn't have been happy. Like ultimately I would have not found happiness doing that. And so I, I always say when I think of this, that I think that the dream doesn't change. I think the vessel changes. And so never in a million years did I think that I would be living out my purpose at all in the form of a stationary bike. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that's where life led me and I couldn't be happier to be doing that. So that's kind of how I found it. Oh, my gosh. That is incredible. I love that. And I think you're so right that sometimes, you know, things don't happen for a reason because there's something way better out there. I know at least that has happened for me a billion times. So that is so, so true. Yeah. So now I'm working on because I love what I do so much. Mm hmm but it is really taxing on the body because not every other fitness and most, I would say, I don't know any other fitness instructor that is kind of required to work out with you. With, yeah. <laughs> most instructors walk around and just walk, tell you what yeah, to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So like I'm sometimes riding a bike like 11, 12 times a week and my body's like, uh, no, we're not doing, we're not doing this forever. So for me, the ultimate goal is, to do this for literally as long as I can, but like, I would like to do it a lot less. And also, mm -hmm. you know, there's such a part of it, a component of it to me that is like, I'm getting up in front of 60 people sometimes plus, um, and I'm giving like sometimes every day, every time I go in there, like a sort of mini motivational talk like every that. time I go into the room. And so, you know, I've had a lot of, practice with motivational speaking and it feels good to me and it feels natural to me. And so really what I'm focusing on in 2020 is how I can take what's happening in those four walls in that dark candlelit studio and bringing it to the light mm -hmm. and sharing my message with as many people as I can. Um, and that's kind of what I care the most about right now. Mm -hmm. um, so figuring out what avenues I'm going to create in order to share more of a message, you know, with the world that I do on a constant basis that's not being recorded. Uh, it's just either you're in that room and you're there and you're in it or you're not. And then it doesn't live on. So I want to create something that lives on. And I'm a certified life coach. And right now I've been working on creating like a, a program for people to go through like life, co like life coaching and things like that with me. Yeah in addition to other lofty dreams and goals that I've got mm -hmm. for this year. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I think that is so awesome. And I know I won't spoil everything, but you have got so much coming up soon that I know you want to do. So, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so excited to see what you do. Um, so what piece of advice would you offer to somebody who isn't really unsure of where they're at right now. Maybe they are going so hard for the dream, maybe have not been able to achieve it. And there might be something better out there that they're just afraid to step into. I would say that there are moments when it's important to put your blinders on and to focus solely on your race and not look right or left and pay attention to what anyone else is doing. I think that's most all moments. However, there are times when we need to take the blinders off as well because there are things that are living right in front of us that we sometimes aren't seeing and there are different paths and different avenues. And sometimes we're just standing in front of a door and like keep banging on that door, banging on that door, banging on that door, hoping for it to open. And, you know, there are definitely instances where it takes a matter of being consistent and persistent on that same door and eventually it does open but however you have to stop and ask yourself like is there a reason why this door is not opening is there a reason why this is just not working out and so 
over time, yes, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be persistent and like keep knocking on the door, but also just recognize that it could just be a couple degrees to the right and that's your door. Like you're just like, you're, you're at the neighbor's house and you're so close and you're right there. But like, actually your biggest dream is actualized and is just right next door. It's just right next door. And so just being able to see that and like open our minds and our hearts to see different things that we might not have seen before. Uh, I think there's a lot of power in that. I think there's a lot of strength in that and knowing that there, our path is not linear, right? You've, you've heard that a lot. And yeah. so it doesn't just go, you know, connecting the dots and one thing leads to the next thing leads to the next thing always in like this straight line, like it zigs and it zags and it ebbs and it flows and there's highs and lows and like just being able to roll with it. And, and my grandfather, my same grandfather, you yeah. know, I, I have a great, you know, line. I asked him one time, what his best piece of advice that he would give me is. And he said to just keep leaning in the direction that you want to go in and you will eventually arrive. So I kind oh. of apply that to everything that I do and kind of use the mindset of do what feels good. So riding a stationary bike is something that felt good to me. So I started exploring that a little bit more, not knowing that it would be such this monumental, amazing thing in my life that gives me such purpose right? So just keep doing what feels good to you. And sometimes you stumble upon the thing that's really meant for you. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is so true. You could not have ended it in a better way. Gosh, Victoria, you are so awesome. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention before we leave here? Um, I think just follow me on Instagram. Yeah. And then also I have a second page at very best self, which is where, uh, the community page of where more motivational things in 2020 will be coming from. So yeah, follow my page and that page. Oh my gosh. Well, this is so awesome. Victoria, it has been so great having you on the podcast and you are welcome back any time, especially as more things keep happening for you in 2020. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad I randomly stumbled upon your page and I think you're badass and I love your thoughts and I love that you're just like going for it. And uh, I think you're really inspiring. So uh, yeah, I'll be following along. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're awesome. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the podcast and make sure you go check out Turbo Talk, my other podcast that I host with Super Bowl champion Robert Turbin. It is an awesome show. Airs every Tuesday, one episode a week. We've got some good guests coming up on that show as well. And make sure you follow me on Instagram at After Orange Slices so you don't miss any of the behind the scenes action.